Must be at least 18 years old. Promo code, location, and other restrictions apply. See terms of use for details. Please play responsibly. Call 800-426-2537 for help. Think you know sports? Then try to turn your sports knowledge into real money with the Sleeper app. The ultimate fantasy sports app that can turn game day into payday. With up to 100 times payout and your first deposit matched up to $500. Just download the Sleeper app and pick your favorite sports and players, like Christian McCaffrey's rushing yards. With more stats than any sports app, just choose two or more of your favorite players from pregame, live, or even across different sports. Pick more or less from the predicted stats and ka-ching. You could win up to 100 times your money if your pick wins. With the Sleeper app, you can make picks anytime, even after the game starts, with up to 100 times payout. What are you waiting for? Download Sleeper today and unlock one of the fastest-growing fantasy sports apps in the world. Just go to the App Store, download the Sleeper app today, and use code SPORTS for up to $500 match on your first deposit. That's promo code SPORTS. Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning Perialty Radio. Good evening, everybody. My name's Sam Mann. I'm going to be your host for the next two hours this evening. Well, it is Monday, the 2nd of September, 2014, and of course you know that means that it's time for another episode of Perialty Radio. My very special guest this evening is the one and only Mr. Tony Pratt. Tony, welcome to the show once again. Thank you, Sandman. The only one. The the one and only, the only Tony one Pratt. Sandman, yes. And actually, um, <clears throat> not in the Parareality Studios this evening. I am doing a uh, remote broadcast from the home of Mr. Tony Pratt. And, and I'd also uh, like to thank you for welcoming me into your, your home here, Tony. I appreciate that. And Thanks let, for coming. Yeah, let me set up all of my stuff in my mobile studio here. Yeah, and, I like your little mobile studio. Yeah, thank you, thank you. This is actually the... Uh, the first real good test that I've done of the studio with it involving a guest. I recorded a couple of podcasts and stuff before, just myself, and you know, tweaked it a little bit. But uh, this is the first time that I've had a guest, so uh, you're the guinea pig for cool. this. So thanks, man. I know you like being guinea pigged. Oh yeah, yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. That's uh, that's for another show, lady, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <clears throat> well, like I said, it's uh, the second of uh, September, 2014. And uh, my special guest is Mr. Tony Pratt. For those of you who have been long-time listeners of Perialty Radio, you will be familiar with Tony, and you'll know who he is. Uh, we've been friends for seven or eight years now, Tony, something something like that. Um, uh, we met uh, quite by accident when we both were doing gigs at the 
uh, WRFN out of Pasquo, Tennessee, which is a traditional terrestrial radio station, and uh, had a schedule mix-up one night, and uh, uh, kind of, uh, I sat in on one of his shows and just, just to listen, and uh, was rather intrigued by, by, by what he was doing. He had a show on WRFN called uh, Paranormal Nashville, and uh, Tony has sensed, as as so have so have I, but uh, Tony's moved on to television now, and uh, he is host of a show called Mystery Us. Here is it still channel nineteen here in the local Nashville area. Uh, it's a half hour long show on uh, what what I can't remember what the call sign for channel nineteen is here in Nashville. Yeah, and it's also it's CATV. CATV. It's, it's also. Uh on several other in several other counties around here too that's not nice. Comcast there's a UVerse and some other so it okay. has extended even in locally of course we're on the YouTube channel the Mystery Us YouTube channel yes just mystery separate word us right on YouTube uh, check it out you can just Google search a Mystery Us and uh, all, all your episodes as a matter of fact is, is viewable on YouTube correct correct pretty yeah. much unless it's just something that's of local interest only then I won't Post it to YouTube. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's how you can find out what's going on, the latest with uh, Mr. Tony Pratt. And we have, over the last seven or eight years, uh, got to be pretty, we're kind of kindred souls, kind of got to be pretty good friends. And he's made an appearance on Parareality Radio a few times. I've been on uh, his radio show a couple of times, uh, made a guest appearance on the uh, on the Mystery S television show. Um, and he even graciously was a guest on my my horrible attempt at internet TV. <laughs> Actually, Tony, I had to say I think the interview I did with you is probably my best episode. It's got the most uh, responses, hits, should I say, mm. out of out of everything. Uh, I thought I could try to do a, a one man uh, internet TV show. Didn't work out. Yeah, it was a horrible idea. Horrible. Yeah, one yeah. person TV is hard. One person radio, no problem. Yeah. That I can handle. But, yeah, that's the, one that's person the problem TV. with yeah. TV too. You have to rely on others. But yeah, yeah, that is, but and it's fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I I did have fun in uh, the editing process. Mm -hmm. I had great fun with that, more so than I did actually doing the show uh, itself, because and I just I, it was a one shot one camera angle deal. I tried setting up two cameras and having two separate camera angles and then switching back and forth between the editing process. That turned out horrible. And uh, it was just a uh, good idea um, in theory, but pulling it off, not so much. But anyway, I, I kind of digress with that. We, uh, we are here tonight to talk about the Bigfoot UFO connection. That's what this show is going to be about. And Tony is the only person that I personally know whom I consider an expert in both fields, both ufology and Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call him. So that's why I have asked him to be my guest on the show. And he's got some interesting viewpoints about, well, about both and how they can be maybe, if you look hard enough, possibly connected. But before we get into that, as I always do, I'm going to tell you how you can get in touch with me and Mr. Pratt here later on, should you be listening to this podcast. First of all, you can always email me, 
Sandman at parareality.com. That's P-A-R-A-R-E-A-L-I-T-Y. Sandman at parareality.com. You can also call my studio line. I do still have the studio line because maybe one day I'm going to go back to doing live radio. I don't know. But I still got it up and running. If you want to call the show, leave a comment about what you've heard tonight or about any other show that you've heard, you can always call the studio line 615-692-1170. That number is 615-692-1170. Just call, leave a message. You may actually catch me because I am in the studio uh, all the time working on something for the show, and you never know, I just may answer the phone. Just be advised that if you do call and leave a message, that is giving me permission to play your comment back here on Parareality Radio. So I may or may not use it, but just by leaving me a message, you are giving me your permission. So those are how you, the ways that you can get in touch with me during the show. Tony, give them a way they can get in touch with you if they, sh- they would like to, or would you prefer not to? Well, they can just, they can just go on the uh, Mystery Us Facebook uh, group and message me or Tony Pratt on Facebook probably the easiest way or you can email me at prattony at gmail.com and uh, I've also got a I'm glad you said Facebook because I forgot I was like I'm missing something I've got a Facebook page too if you want to get in touch with me and you got Facebook like 99% of the rest of the world who has internet uh, sandman.parareality on Facebook you can uh, look me up see some behind the scenes stuff on the show learn about the world of parareality find out a little bit about what I'm doing and uh, every once in a while, um, I'll have some videos up there from my now as uh, aforementioned defunct, horrible attempt at internet TV. But you know what? I like making fun of that because it's so horrible <laughs> that it's funny. And uh, you know, it was it was an attempt. I still owe three episodes because that's what I said I was going to do. That was my contract. So I still owe three episodes. Sooner or later, I'm going to do them. I just don't know how, when, or what I'm going to do yet. But I'm going to do it. <laughs> I am going to do sounds it. Sounds good. <laughs> Tony, maybe you, maybe you can help me out with that. Sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, <clears throat> let's get on and talk about the Bigfoot UFO connection. Right, or the preferred term now is paranormal humanoid. Paranormal humanoid. That's actually a new uh, okay. phrase coined by uh, Stan Gordon, who's a Pennsylvania Bigfoot researcher and author, uh, which I thought was apropos. Of course, that assumes that you uh, buy into the whole paranormal aspect of Bigfoot, yeah. which not everybody does. Some people just look at it as a another creature in the wild, you know. And uh, some people are actually offended if you refer to Bigfoot as a creature because they consider them highly intelligent beings. Well, humans are creatures too, for that matter. But uh, yeah, well, what in in your in your opinion, being the Bigfoot expert that you are, or what? I don't know what you prefer to be called in that area. I but, don't know uh, if there's any experts. You know, I, I'm an experiencer. I've you know done some research, and and so my perception is. But all I can do is give you what I've experienced firsthand. So Bigfoot to you some sort of paranormal entity or as yet undocumented scientifically cryptozoological creature animal yeah 
it's not either or it's it's both you know it's it's a physical being that has uh, telepathic and paranormal abilities including invisibility and uh, things like that in other words true invisibility it's not just camouflage or blending in or squatting down and uh, you know looking like part of the forest which it, it, it does that as well but it seems to have the ability to totally become not there and throw rocks at you and things and and you you have a lot of distance that you can see but you don't see anything but the rocks are coming from somewhere well you know that's one i've never had an experience but that's one thing that i've always heard is that uh the people who are having objects thrown at them they can they know they can figure out what direction the rocks are being thrown thrown from but they can't tell who or what is throwing them because they can't, right. you know, make it out. And I always thought that that was kind of strange because it, with the the hundreds, may I may I even dare say thousands of people that have had rocks or other objects thrown at them by these creatures, for lack of a better term, you would think that at least a handful of them would say, oh, there he is, I see him, but, but pretty much they all say, couldn't see anything, but yet there was a rock hitting me in the chest or something, you know. Right, and and, and some of the rock-throwing experiences, because you could think, well, that could be a ghost or it could be poltergeist activity or something, to, uh, you know, that nature. But and, and there have been people who, who have actually seen Bigfoot dematerialize. I've seen uh, photographs where they seem to be halfway dematerialized, kind of like Star Trek when they're beaming out and you can kind of see through them, but they're, yeah. they're still there. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah the Bigfoot uh, but but like I said in conjunction with this sighting so I don't have 100% proof that it was the same Bigfoot that I just saw that was throwing the rocks yeah. you know but I, I just had a Bigfoot experience you know everything seemed to be about Bigfoot and then sat down on a tree stump with a friend of mine a scientist uh, friend of mine microbiologist and uh all of a sudden, rocks start hitting the tree next to my head, really loud and hard. And I mean, not uh, not coming from anywhere that I could tell, you know, and I could see for probably 15,000 yards or more, you know. And I, there's trees, yes, but uh, not that densely, you know, uh, populated uh, tree, amount of trees to where you couldn't see what, you know, yeah. where, where something's coming from, especially as large as a Bigfoot. When was this experience? That was right. That was my second sighting, and that was back in, I believe, either '99 or 2000. I'm not sure. I've got it. I've got the whole story with dates and, t- and everything uh, written on a, a, a hub pages uh, post. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure of the date. It's been you know, it's been a while since I even talked about it. Now, do. Where where was it, or would you prefer that location to remain a secret? No, I know a lot of squatchers don't want their. I don't care. I, I don't. I don't consider I'm happy you a, for a squatcher. To go though, out but. there and find it. You know, I don't care. I don't have to be the one that, you know, makes the amazing discovery. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a, it's a place called Werewolf Springs, Tennessee. Oh yeah, okay. Which is at Montgomery Bell Park, which is actually Burns, Tennessee, in that part of the park, uh, which is, uh, you know, and I've I've given out. The information before actually it's uh, 
it's uh, there's you can you can actually enter the part. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today, and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh oh oh! O'Reilly Auto Parts. Park from the rear, just in front. Of, there's a walking Good old a hiking entry. trail, just in front of. Um, the Hall Family Cemetery off of Hall Cemetery Road. That's Tony's creepy clock. That's every my clock. Every, every episode, hour. I always have a creepy clock chiming in the background. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is that? That's Tony's creepy clock. Nice. The haunted clock. Yeah. It plays music. <laughs> it actually did scare the hell out of me, Tony. <laughs> you can call that music. Or... So, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> um, so, one thing I've always wanted to ask you. Why the hell do they call it Werewolf Springs? What? It, it got the name because of uh, Bigfoot sightings. That there's a backstory. Let, let me just let me just back up. Okay. And uh, uh, start kind of from the beginning of, of of that particular location, because that's pretty much where all my Bigfoot UFO firsthand experience comes from. Okay. Um, a Bigfoot researcher. Uh, friend of mine was going to interview another friend of mine who had had a sighting in Kingston Springs, Tennessee, which is, I guess, about 10 or 15 miles, I'm not sure exactly, from uh, Montgomery Bell Park. And uh, we arrived and uh, the lady actually backed out on the interview and decided not to do it, but we looked at the location and we, we looked around. We didn't find much and there was some older footprints, you know, that might have been something, but we didn't bother trying to make a cast or anything. But we we had a, a story from the Internet about a white creature that had been sighted. And, by the way, there have been recent sightings, as, as recent as last year, uh, of a white creature out there as well. And I, none mm-hmm. of the ones I've seen, I've only had two sightings myself, and that was a red one and a black one that okay. weren't white. Uh, but, anyway, this park ranger had posted this story and saying that uh, the creature howls at the moon when the train comes through at night. Well, it goes back to the backstory about a wild man that escaped from a circus when they had a train crash Oh yeah. in the 18, late 1800s. Okay? That's kind of the myth around the area. That, that's that, a popular myth. They're, yeah, those, they're popular. all over the United States, yeah. But there may be something to it, obviously. These sightings are... I do believe that people are having these sightings. So I don't know that it came from a wild man from the circus from the 1800s, but uh, there's some, there's definitely Bigfoot activity out there. So you had said just a minute ago that you think that Bigfoot is both a some sort of paranormal entity as well as a cryptozoological creature. So how do you... What's the basis behind that theory of yours? Because you're well, saying that they have are paranormal, and these are humanoid type beings. They're, you know, at least the level of an ape. Um, so they, 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 and and it's been reported. It's nothing new. It's been reported for thousands of years in the Hindu Vedas. Uh, they mention by name a Bigfoot named Anuman. Yes, I've heard of this. And they referred to these beings as ape men with mystic powers. And that was because of the telepathic abilities and the ability of invisibility. So, from Earth or from another 
Well, it's been location. speculated that, that, that they could be of extraterrestrial origin themselves, but I don't, I don't know about that. You know, I just know that a small percentage of sightings are of both UFOs and Bigfoot at the same time. A little larger percentage would be of, you know, seeing Bigfoot and then seeing a UFO or vice versa. So in right. conjunction with, which is what I did, which is why I always point out that, you know, I haven't seen any Bigfoot disappear. I've seen them after they were already disappeared and they weren't there. Yeah. I've seen them throwing rocks at me and, and could hear the vocalizations, you know, uh, coming from seemingly nowhere. But... Uh, as, as, as far as actually seeing them dematerialize, I haven't seen that. And some people have speculated that it's an interdimensional thing. But uh, going back to the uh, the story, yeah. Um, so we decided to go to Werewolf Springs. We didn't know what Werewolf Springs was. It was a, a story off the internet that we had printed out. Oh, okay. And it was me and three lady friends of mine. One Ooh. of them, a Bigfoot professional researcher, uh, Sherry Malin. And also Janet, uh, and I won't tell the last names on the others because I don't know if they really want to. So let me get this right. You and, and three ladies are going out to the woods. Me and you three and ladies, ladies go out to the woods. Yeah, they're That's all, a, That has the beginnings of a great story All right three there. of them married, happily yeah. married. So, great. Uh, no, no, no fun there. <laughs> but Damn anyway. It. Uh, Damn it. So we go out there, and along the way we stop at a, a school, and, and there's like this uh, weird old black janitor with eyes that look like they're just white like they don't have any color in them he looks mm. like he's blind you know so he's kind of weird kind of out of a Stephen King uh, type thing and uh, he, he warns us don't go there you know and, uh, and of course then we're, doomed, we're even more curious uh, about it but he, t- he gives us directions on how to get there so so we go there and um, don't go there but I'm going to give you directions on on how to go okay we uh, we go at the back of the cemetery that's that's uh, adjacent to Montgomery Bell Park, and uh, we cross the creek back there. And there's a lot of slave graves, mm. uh, uh, Civil War walls, and all kind of artifacts from from the past there. And, and we we walk across the creek, and uh, just me and Sherry went across at first, and then Janet and Patricia joined us, and we ran into a bunch of really large ant hills that were probably about three and a half feet tall and there were thousands of these ants that would literally start crawling up your legs so fast that you um, could hardly keep knocking them off if you yeah, stayed time, in there. Time to get out of there. Yeah. yeah so we, we, we uh, well Janet and Patricia decided they would get out of there. They went back to the car and uh, Sherry, Melinda and myself proceeded on. We went about an hour deeper into the woods and we noticed that we could hear footsteps. It was fall, and um, the leaves were everywhere, and so when you would walk, you would crunch. But when we stopped walking, we'd still hear a crunch or two. Uh-oh. So this went on for quite a while, and we had a video camera. We were taping the sounds with. Um, we came to a clearing that was about, it's a, like where um, TVA power lines came through, mm-hmm. and they cleared out all the trees in that section for about 40 to 50 yards across. And so as we stepped out into the clearing, I looked to my right, and coming out of the clearing pretty much parallel to me was a reddish female Bigfoot. And I looked at her, she looked at me, we, I mean, we made eye contact, 
and she seemed to be startled that that I would notice that she was there and she kind of jumped and took took off across the field really smooth really fast and cleared that 40 to 50 yards in about two seconds flat wow so smoothly why, why do you say it was a female could you see breasts breasts yeah okay. they were breasts and uh it was just a, a red-headed female it looked really similar the, the hair was pulled back in the front mm-hmm. um like kind of like chewbacca exactly mm-hmm. and it looked like chewbacca in other respects except it was more red hmm. bright red bright red female now and so I took off running in that direction. Did anyone else see it? No. Sherry, oh. Sherry missed it. That's how fast it happened. Wow. And, and you know, I, I was like, I just took off running as soon as I saw it to try to get a closer look. And, of course, I wasn't even getting close. No, you're not going to be near fast enough, enough for that. It was, it was, so, it was a crosser. But I was thinking, well, maybe if I go on ahead, maybe it'll still be hiding behind a tree or looking or yeah. hanging out. And maybe I'll get another glimpse of it. But I didn't. And uh, so... Uh, that was the first sighting that I ever had. It was not my first contact experience. The first contact was at the vortex when I just heard sounds and yes, footsteps. The vortex, yeah. Um, Been out there. The secret, the so-called secret vortex, and it's not really a secret. It's just uh, we don't just publicize it, you know, because you don't want people coming out there and trying to. Well, it's on some dude's pull private. Pranks. It's on yeah. some dude's private property, right? And so, he will shoot yeah. you, so yeah. that it's better that we. Yeah, not. I remember. I remember when you took me out there. That's what you said. You're just like, look, you stay here. I'm going to go knock on the door because he knows me. <laughs> Otherwise, he might shoot you. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and he's since passed away. But, oh, no. Uh, um, but there's still other people there that will shoot you. There's still people there that his sons will still shoot you. Okay, well. all right. <laughs> <laughs> they carry on the tradition. Okay, all right. As long as someone's, you know, carrying someone on. Someone right? yeah. must be present. Yeah. So... You have told me on more than one occasion that you have had some sort of... I'm trying to say this so it makes sense and it doesn't sound like I'm belittling you because I don't, I, I, I'm not doubting what you say, but that you've had some sort of mental contact, some, some sort of paranormal, like, psychokinetic... Man, that's not a good word, but... Like, Telepathic. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That's, yeah. You've had telepathic contact with, with Sasquatch or Bigfoot in the past. And what was what was that all? How what? Right. You know, what, I, what, I, I've, what, I've had what a, the hell? an experience where it was an out of body experience, where uh, during the out of body experience, which is already paranormal, uh, yeah. that, that I had telepathic contact where I could communicate clearly back and forth. Now, I, I believe the first contact experience I ever had when I was hearing the footsteps, because you can't really hear footsteps even of an elephant, even at, I don't care how large the thing is, it's not going to make a sound that you will hear from 30 feet away. You're not going to feel it. I, and I was also feeling it like I was, I didn't realize at the time that, I, that it was a telepathic experience as well. Okay. Uh, now, uh, there are researchers, uh, prominent researchers like Kiwani Lapsoritis who have ongoing telepathic contact and they have clear communications. I haven't really experienced it like that. I've, I've experienced what I thought was telepathic contact, but real sketchy, very, you know, just basic, uh, you know, go away. <laughs> you know, it's, just a neg- it's either a yeah. negativity or a positivity that, that's there. Yeah. 
So, Tony, if, if these creatures have that kind of ability, if they can make themselves invisible, if they can contact you telepathically, why aren't they more um, civilized? You know, why, why don't we have, like, some colony somewhere where, you know, hey, look, there's the Sasquatch colony or... or you know, Bigfoot's my next door neighbor or whatever. You know, maybe they are more civilized. You know, maybe they really don't want to come and interact with humanity because they see how humanity is re- uh, interacting with itself Touché. violently, yeah. and they're not like that. You know, not that they're not meat eaters or kill a deer or whatever yeah. to eat or whatever, but they they don't kill their own kind. Well, you've you've never had a a violent encounter. With a Bigfoot, no, but no, the, 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 the encounters I've had are have been totally positive and probably what uh, Kawani categorizes as the ancient ones because they're more human-like, you know, very telepathic, very positive emotions. Well, I I know that you've always said to me when we've had private conversations that you always thought that these were peaceful creatures. Well, I'm not saying that that's a universal. Okay, so you see where I'm headed with this, then? Yeah, there, there, there's, there's been very, very, very rare incidences of Bigfoot uh, attacking humans, and in almost every one of those I've heard about, it's been after the humans either threatened them or their offspring, and so they might have thrown boulders Which at them, but they didn't the hit them with the yeah. boulders. You know, they just scared them away, so. You know, I don't know if that's really violent. I have heard of one report of, of someone being killed by a Bigfoot, but I don't know. You know, I, when you just hear one thing, you don't. If it happens repeatedly, of course, the Native American legends mm-hmm. include Bigfoots that are violent and cannibalistic, as well as the peaceful ones. So, I'm not, you know, just saying that, that they're not. That I don't know. Okay. So, b- bottom line is, I really don't know. But in my experience, I haven't exper- had any fear. I-, I felt very positive about it, and I think that's the key to making contact. I was just going to say that having the right positive vibe yeah. when you go into the woods, and not you know be negative or carry a gun or you know try to be uh, like you're looking for a dumb animal because even mm. dumb animals are smarter than you in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, we both know someone who uh, shall remain nameless. That uh, is a uh, he's from up north. I know you know who I'm talking about. I yeah. said you're laughing your ass off right now. <laughs> who um, he? I talked to him on the phone and uh, a couple of different times, and uh, he uh, told me that he he initially he was you know going to shoot one or whatever. And I think just from what I know of you, you're not an advocate of shooting one just, hey, just to prove it's alive, right? No, I mean, no. you want to – what about, like, just capturing one, period? Are you are you for that or – Yeah, if it could be done, I don't know how easily it could be done. You know, I mean, it would take some uh, real planning. I mean, first of all – it's hard enough just to have a sighting. Yeah. Let alone try to capture a creature. You know, you'd have to have a lot of technology, a lot of equipment, a lot of manpower. And then once you do 
say, uh, you know, hit a Bigfoot with a tranquilizer dart and huh. catch it in a net gun and put it in a, uh, you know, titanium cage, uh, then you need a helicopter to fly it out of there real quick before the other Bigfoot stop you, I, I would be my thought. So what what do you think about, this is getting just a little bit off topic, yeah. just Poquito, what do you think about uh, that Dyer character? Oh, the guy who keeps faking evidence? Yes. I don't think about him. Okay. I don't. I don't try to cast aspersions on any other researchers because I, you know, I don't know the full story of you know of what went on or you know because a lot of times people get discredited. I've seen it happen, you know, that are totally legitimate good researchers, and they're made to look out as as a fool by the media or by uh, disinformation specialists who appear magically mm. to uh, you know try to make it look like you're crazy or just you know discredit well, what you're doing i personally think that dyer is uh, a fraud and a fake and um, i think he gives people such as yourself and other legitimate researchers a horrible horrible name um is he a a disinformation plant that's a very possible uh, that has been speculated all over the internet um i can't see how um one man uh, who is a, a used car salesman or whatever the hell he is can come up with all of this this money and have all these resources to fake all the stuff that he does because you know it's, it's, it's got to cost a pretty penny who's funding all of this well whoever he can get to you know invest Donate, probably yeah. he's a wheeler dealer he's you know a showman type a, you know promoter person that can get people excited about something and if you really seriously were able to uh, go out there and either capture or even just fit, you know get really good footage of, of Bigfoot and prove that it's real that would be very valuable so people will invest in something like well, that. Well he's either a, uh, some sort of disinformation specialist or um, he is just a big piece of crap one of the two you know <laughs> yeah I, th- I, th- I think he's just a monumental flake i don't think yeah. it's you know a disinformation because that comes in a different form it could be the fact that he's just uh desperate for attention and wants to have some sort of celebrity status no matter how he can get it you know there are people like that they're called reality tv stars yeah uh take the kardashians for instance you know people who are so desperate to have any kind of attention whether it's positive or negative so that's also that's probably really the main thing I, I really don't think that he's a, a disinformation person sent in by them whoever whoever them are no he's just another he, big foot he's nut a like myself you know, he's just out <laughs> emphasis there. on nut he, <laughs> so um what about this what about the ufo connection how can how are bigfoots and ufos this is my ufo this is my bigfoot down here I wish you could see this. It's a great rendition. How are they connected? Well, uh, back to the story of, of uh, Werewolf Springs. So after that first initial, because I'm, I'm still one episode away from answering that question. Uh, right. After that initial sighting of the female, uh, which was such a short sighting, you know, it's, it's just enough to let you know that, hey, this is real, but is it? You know, but... You know, in the back of your mind, you're wondering, did, did I see that, or what, what, what was that? 
and so I, I was determined to have another sighting. So I started really getting into, you know, going out looking for Bigfoot because I just I just wanted another glimpse, just to confirm. That's that, usually how people get into it. That that I wasn't, you know, bonkers. So uh, went back a couple of weeks later uh, with Sherry Malin and. Uh, we actually, it, it had just started sprinkling when we pulled into the uh, cemetery there. And uh, instead of going the, the direction that we had went on the first side, I think Sherry said, let's go over to this side of the, let's enter the uh, woods from over here. I said, okay. So we're walking along and uh, all of a sudden I hear this grunt. <coughs> you know, much more guttural and, and, and you know, ape-like than what I just did. Yeah. And we looked at each other like, hmm. Then we continued walking a few more steps and <clears throat> hear it again. So there's an area of thick, dense brush where it seems to be coming from and trees and a lot of uh, foliage, just, just really dense. You can't really see what's behind it. But I, I'm hearing these vocalizations, you know. And then it starts going crazy like a Tasmanian devil, you know. And so I just dove in to the thick thicket and uh, started chasing down the hillside. I, I didn't see it. I did not see it, but I, I could hear it in front of me. And I just ran down the hill, getting hit in the face with tree limbs and briars and everything else. And uh, it was fairly steep. Come down to uh, uh, a creek that's dried out at this point, and there's a little wooden bridge there that... Uh, is uh, linked to the hiking trail, which would have been a much easier way for me to get down there. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, I, you know, at this point, this thing had jumped across the creek. Uh, later discovered probably in one step, which is about 30 feet across this dry creek bed. Uh, but anyway, uh, I hollered back at Sherry to come down the hiking trail. Come, you know, you can get down here a lot easier than I did hmm. and uh, she walked down and we stood on the bridge and the uh, Bigfoot or paranormal humanoid uh, was on yes. the other side of the hill and it was very agitated it was really angry with me because I you know obviously I was the uh, idiot in the situation who had invaded its space <laughs> and just jumped in its face when it was really just trying to warn me get get out of my go away you know yeah, but and at this point, you you weren't experienced enough to know that. Right. And so uh, I, I, I started mimicking the sounds it would make. It would make a sound, and then I would try to mimic that sound mm. back. That doesn't sound like a good idea. This went on for about 10 minutes, and it, it just got more and more agitated uh, before it stopped. And then um, Sherry said, well, let's walk down the creek here because it, it, it kind of stopped. And I'm like, well... Shouldn't we kind of follow in the direction it's going? But we, we stepped down into the creek bed, and we noticed, and like I said, it had just started sprinkling when we got there. So at this point, the sand in the middle of the creek had a light uh, light bit of rain on it, and uh, in the middle of the creek bed was one single footprint, and it was huge, especially the width of it was no human. You know, I've never seen any human with it foot that wide yeah there are humans with feet that long you know uh i mean shaquille o'neal wears a size 23 
I used to have size 21 clown shoes that I, I would put my regular shoes size 8 inside of, you know, to wear. But uh, this was huge. It had a gap uh, between the big toe and the other toes. Looked like, uh, uh, if people are familiar with Artipithecus, it's the new, latest, greatest candidate for the uh, so-called missing link of science. And I think they're just, uh, I think it's just a certain type of Bigfoot, uh, and they, mm -hmm. they want to cover that by saying, yeah, these bones are old. And that's why people say, why, why aren't bones ever found? Well, they are. Bodies are found. Bones, a lot of things are covered up. There's just as much of a cover-up in the Bigfoot field as there is in the UFO field. Why? why? In your opinion? Uh, I don't know what the government's interest is. Uh, militarily, it could be profound. I mean, if they had Bigfoot soldiers, they would be incredible, especially with the invisibility and stuff. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what their what their purpose is. But uh, there's a there's a film that's on YouTube of uh, some people actually surrounding. There's like ten or twelve people surrounding a Bigfoot, and all of a sudden, some uh, basically men in black come along. And take the Bigfoot and put it, stuff it in a van really quick before the camera can uh, take a picture of it. Wow. So yeah, they're they're on it. They're, there's a lot of reports of uh, of cover up. Well, how 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 are people relating or connecting Bigfoot and and UFOs? I know you said that there's been that there's basically two kinds of sightings. Those were there sighted simultaneously or then one before the other so right so back to the episode three here yeah um my second sighting i took a friend of mine a doctor of uh, microbiology who's done cancer research and all kind of mainstream science stuff whose credentials are impeccable <clears throat> because i wanted someone with me in case yeah uh, i had another sighting that was would be believable not just some other bigfoot nut like myself and so uh, i showed my friend um all the previously mentioned areas where uh, i had contact experiences and and like i said that the previous uh, experience i was talking about we did eventually go six hours deep following that bigfoot wow uh that i talked about that was on the other side of the bridge uh chattering um, and we we just started seeing Blair Witch X's, and they kept getting thicker and thicker. So we thought we were going the right direction, and we saw X's that were in huge trees, you know, fifty foot tall, laid in X's, uh, leaned up against other trees, hmm. and um, you know, would have took some equipment or a lot of men with ropes or something to 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 do that. It we it was uh, amazing, and then we came up against a whole wall of X's. And there was probably, you know, three or four hundred feet of briar patch behind where this wall of X's were, were located. Wow. And I figured that maybe that was just a way of, you know, I mean, I, I, I tried to go through the briars. I made it about three feet. And tried, <laughs> said, no, I can't do, no, I can't really do this. I can't mm. bleed out. Yeah. So <laughs> I turned around on that one and we went back. 
then about three months later, I had my friend, showed her all the same locations, and uh, about, we'd been out there five or six hours and, and nothing, you know, and I was getting frustrated, and I finally leaned up against a tree, and I, I, I said, you know, we're not going to find them unless they want us to find them, unless they mm -hmm. let us find them, because they're in control, not us. Yeah. And about the time I said that, my friend pointed out, hey, look there. And down by the Harpeth River, where, the, where there's a, like a little uh, inlet, it's almost like a cove, but it's a river, uh, perfect place where all the animals would go down to get a drink, because it's level and it's at the bottom of a cliff. I mean, it's, it's like a very steep mountain that you wouldn't want to walk up that side of it. Um, so anyway, we see this tall, black-haired Bigfoot male sticking his head out from behind two trees right at the edge of the water. And um, we're just kind of staring at him, and he's staring at us. And we're both making comments like, I can see his eyes, I can see his cheeks, I can see his face. There's, you know, mm -hmm. He looks like a human. He has a nose, a pronounced nose, not flat nose. Although big nose, but not not totally flat like a caveman or anything. And um, instead of taking off after him like I did the previous uh, excursion, I just thought, well, maybe if I just take this thing slowly and don't scare him off, he won't take off, you know. Yeah. So I, I held my hand above my head and waved slowly. And uh, when I did, he stepped out from behind the tree and just stood there in all his glory, and he was huge. He was wider than both of the trees put together. His shoulders, I mean, were the size of, you know, two, two Tennessee football player shoulders, you know, linemen. Um, just incredibly huge, and uh, he stood there. I told my friend, well, I'm going to walk towards him. I mean, about three or four minutes went by. I mean, we, we just kept staring at him and him staring at us, and we were just kind of communing with him. I didn't really have any telepathic contact or anything like that, just but yeah. we were in tune. Yeah. And as I'm walking down, I had to go into a rut where I lost sight of him. And I actually told her in advance that, you know, I've got to go down in the hole. You know, keep your eyes on him every second. And when I came up out of there, he was gone. And I'm like, where did he go? And she said, well, he just walked behind the tree and disappeared. And so I didn't see that. I didn't see him disappear. Of course, as fast as they move, you could literally and logically, I thought, well, you know, people just think they disappear because they move so fast. You blink and they're gone. But um, at this point, we walked down to the tree and we, we had noticed that uh, the top of his head was just above a limb, the first limb on, on one of these trees. And we measured it. We took a six-inch ruler and flipped it over 17 times, and it came out to eight foot six inches. So wow. he was at least eight foot six, probably another inch or two added to that. And um, that's when we decided, okay, we, we're, we're good. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we, we saw what we saw, and we're not going up the cliff after him. If, that's, if he went that way, and if he went the other direction, he's in the river, so we, you know, and it's the Harpeth River. Uh, so we didn't. We didn't. There was no way to go anywhere to follow to try to see what happened, because mm -hmm. he was basically in a corner. Um, 
So we decided, you know, we're starving. We're going to go back to the car and go go eat. And uh, along the way, we stopped. That's when we stopped at Tree Stump, which is the size of a table, huge tree stump. And uh, that's when the eight rocks hit near my head and um, bounced off. And I, and I basically just said, uh, unless those rocks start hitting me, we're not going anywhere for a minute, but we're going to leave soon, so don't worry. Uh, and then then it stopped. It was almost like they like he heard, understood you. They, 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 they understand English. Mm. And uh, so uh, we, we stayed a few more minutes and then, and then, and then left. And uh, then it was years later, you know, several years later, in uh, 2012, March 10th, I believe. No, that's not right. Anyway, forget that. Forget okay. the date. But I, I'm not sure the date, but it was uh, early 2012 when I returned to Werewolf Springs with a Bigfoot researcher named Zach Shelton and his wife, Jenny. And uh, we went uh, about an hour and a half deep into the woods, and we noticed there was no sound in the woods. No whatsoever. birds chirping, crickets, nothing. nothing. Total, okay. that, that weird silence that's there sometimes. It's yeah. like... There's no, I don't, you know, because you always hear that ringing in your ear or something, but there was not, nothing. nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was odd. Uh, and, I, and I just felt, and, we, and the, the whole time we were talking about our previous Bigfoot experiences and how they had been very positive and very good, and we didn't, we didn't have fear of, of Bigfoot. So uh, we decided to do some tree knocks, and uh, we did like three knocks, and three knocks came back immediately. And they were faint off in the distance, probably 1,500 yards away, seemed like where it was coming from. So we began walking in that direction and continued to do three knocks. And every time we would do three knocks, we would get three knocks back. And this went on for a few minutes, and I'm not sure exactly how many, probably 15, 20 minutes. Then we started doing four knocks, and we did that for nearly a half an hour, and we just kept gradually moving towards the direction we had heard the heard the sound coming from and I, I said well why don't we try to do five knocks just you know why not and so he does five knocks and like 25 rapid fire loud almost gunshot knocks came back which seemed like they were right in front of us right in our wow. face I felt like it was three or four feet away Zach and Jenny's perception was like it was several feet away like maybe eight or ten feet away but yeah. really close and uh, we couldn't see anything there's nothing you can see we had visibility for days but there was nothing there and um, so that that was pretty much the experience and we hung around a while nothing else happened so we, we headed back to the cars our trucks we both had trucks and uh on the way back, when we got almost back to the cemetery, we did hear some bird sounds, but it almost sounded like a human trying to imitate a bird. It didn't sound like a natural, quite natural. bird sound. And then we started hearing an owl, uh, which I had had an experience of hearing a, a Bigfoot imitate an owl before, hmm. and that's a commonly reported thing is that they imitate owls and other creatures. So then here's where the... Bigfoot, you have kind of, we're almost there. Okay. We're almost there. So as, as as we're leaving the woods, they're in their truck, I'm in mine, 
they're ahead of me. And as I'm going down Hall Cemetery Road, uh, to my right, I can see tracking with me. I'm doing about 35-40 on this road, gravel road. Um, but in the woods there is a humanoid-shaped creature running alongside of me. You know? That's just... Uh, kind of interesting and scary at the same and time. And I could see it going through the trees. You know, it was like blinking out. It was just flashing like back it was and forth and phasing shadows. in and out. No, I, I was seeing it the whole time. No, it was solid. It was just there, but it had. It was. I wasn't able to see every detail of its face. You know, it wasn't okay. as good a sighting as I'd previously experienced. But mm-hmm. I pretty much knew what it was. But you know, maybe it could have been something else. I don't know what else could have ran. You know, I don't think a person in a Bigfoot suit could run. 35 miles an hour. I know they can't. But anyway, so I'm going down the road, but, you know, having had a lot of different experiences, I thought, I first thought, well, I'm going to call Zach and tell him what I just saw. Then I thought, you know what? It's not really that significant. It really doesn't matter. You know, it's not like I saw its face like I did before. Mm -hmm. I'm just seeing something. I I knew what it was, but I, I still, there was no point in even worrying about it. So... I didn't, and I'm on my way home. And my friend asked me if if uh, if I would have uh, dinner with her at Shoney's, and I said sure. And so uh, we were going to meet at Shoney's, but then uh, uh, she had locked her keys out in the, in the house, and and uh, so I had to come, and I had a key, uh, extra key, and let her in. And so she followed me, and as we're coming down Temple Road in Bellevue, right next to Publix, directly in front of Poplar Creek Subdivision, where the red light is there, where you turn on the old Harding Pike, uh, eight pink orb-shaped UFOs, but they they weren't just orbs, I mean, they they were like stars, they, 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 they had a, you know, flashiness to them, uh, it looked just like a regular star in the sky, except that it was pink. We saw those, and, and it is an orb shape, you know, uh, but uh, there were eight of them, and we were talking on the phone. She was in her car behind me, and, I, and I'm sitting there, and uh, there's other people in line at the red light. When the light turns green, nobody moves. Of course, they're all sitting there looking at these UFOs, which are really wild, and at a couple of different uh, points, uh, the UFOs just, and they, they, they seemed, even though they were in a static position like they were hovering they were swaying back and forth each one of them in position was swaying back kind of swaying back and forth and I'm thinking well it could be helicopters or something you know, yeah. it looks like a helicopter motion but then about the time I thought that all eight of them rearranged themselves in one second they all switched positions they all just swirled around and they're now they're in a different spot and then two of them that were separate came together and looked like they turned into just one. One big one? No. Same size. Hmm. And uh, Weird. Yeah, they just melded into one. And that happened a couple times. And uh, the guy who was in front of me, who was keeping me from going through the light, he pulled, pulled over in his truck to the side of the road. There was only one place to pull over there. And he was taking uh, pictures with his camera. <clears throat> so I pretty much had to turn right. I mean, I didn't have to, but I did. I went ahead and turned right. And I was telling my friend that I'm going to turn around and go back and try to get some more pictures. I'd already tried to take some pictures with my phone, 
and uh, I was going to try to get some closer ones and uh, as I turned right four of the UFOs came down the road that I was traveling on parallel to me and I get up to Sawyer Brown Road which that's where the band Sawyer Brown actually got their name the street is not named after them <laughs> okay. they are named after the street Okay. Uh, at any rate I turned left on uh, Sawyer Brown Road and the four UFOs kind of turned left with me and uh, my, my friend was in the car in front of me because I pulled over because I was going to turn around. Yeah. And so she passed me, and she goes on down to a pub nearby, and two of the UFOs followed her to that pub and remained with her in proximity to her car. And when I turned around, one of them got in front of my car and remained there for several miles, I would say estimated five miles. Uh, and so I went back to Old Harding Pike, turned left at the red light again. When I stopped at the red light, the UFO stopped in the sky. It was basically at 1 o'clock from where I was at. And it stayed in that 1 o'clock position no matter where I went. And when I turned left, it perfectly, I say followed me, although it was in front of me, but it, it's tracked with me and uh, went down to a, a shopping center where I previously had my karate school. And uh, there's a, a sports bar there. And, and I, I thought, well, I'm going to stop here and see if there's anybody there that I know. I want somebody else to look at this thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I pull over, and it's still there. And so I go in, and I actually found a friend of mine who was a songwriter, but he was with a bunch of people. And I, I told him, you know, there's this UFO following me, or it's out here. <laughs> it's pink, you know. That doesn't sound strange at all. No, no. He 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 was he he just said, well, I can't go right now, but uh, thanks for asking. <laughs> thanks for thinking thanks of for me, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I go back to my car, my uh, Toyota 4Runner at the time, and. Uh, Sure enough, the UFO's still there. So I go down the road a little farther to Kroger, okay, and uh, go up behind Kroger. There's a, a street behind Kroger where there's a, a storage unit place uh, up there on the mountain at, at Edwin Warner Park. It's the back of Edwin Warner Park there. Mm -hmm. And um, so I get halfway up there, and halfway up the hill, the Kroger building blocks out all the lights from the city. And that's where I took the one photograph that actually came out of the uh, pink UFO, star UFO. And uh, so then I asked my friend, well, you still want to go to Shoney's? And are your UFOs still with you? Yes, they're still with me. And let's go to Waffle House instead of Shoney's. Okay, well, we'll go to Waffle House. So I'll start heading to Waffle House. My UFO stays there hovering above Kroger, behind Kroger and Edwin Warner Park. And uh, get to Waffle House and uh, see my friend and she says you know well there they are and there's, there's two there's two of them that had followed they followed her all the way over to waffle house and stayed with her stayed there they're up in the sky i can wow. see them when i pull in and so we went into waffle house and ate for about an hour and a half and we looked out the window we, we sat you know where we could see it out the window and we were seeing it the whole time and it wasn't until even when we left it was still there but it didn't follow it. The two, the two last two UFOs did not follow us at that point. And my friend said she was sad that uh, that because the, there was there was some kind of telepathic contact or something going on during this whole time. And I can't put it into words. It wasn't words exactly, but there was some kind of 
connection where you were feeling this energy. You were feeling like an empathic type thing. Something was going on. It was a very positive thing. It wasn't scary at all to me. But and and my friend wasn't scared either. And, and she said she was sad, like 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 she had lost a family member, like that was her family. And mm. I, I didn't get that feeling. I just felt. And you think this had something to do with the? I felt there was a connection sighting. to the. Uh, uh, the Bigfoot sighting, yeah. And we later, I, I, I later had a, a person who, um, what is it called, a uh, cooperative. This is what these um, UFO, these UFO. Um, a friend of mine who's like a you know psychic channeler. Uh, mm -hmm. The, 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 the UFO people referred to it as a cooperative receptor, I uh, thought was interesting, uh, made contact with these UFOs. Because I, I told her, I said, well, can you try to make contact with the whoever's driving those pink UFO, star UFOs? <clears throat> but they told her that um, they are not craft, they are the beings. They are, you know, the, the, the pink orb uh, star-like shapes that you see, that's them. And ever since, uh, and that, that's early in 2012, and I forget the date, it's on, it's on the TV show that I did it on Mystery Us, uh, but uh, ever since that date, every month since early 2012, there's been a video of these same pink orb-shaped UFOs throughout the world in various locations various and they exhibit the same behavior where they come together like two of them turn into one or they split apart you know and you see one turn into two why wait till 2012 to show themselves have they said anything about that yeah yeah because naturally I started asking them all kind of questions every kind of question yeah. I could imagine to ask them, and uh, no, they've been showing themselves throughout history. They claim, and I, I take it with a grain of salt, you know, because it's not direct physical experience, but I don't discount it either uh, because it is uh, telepathic or, you know, so-called channeling. Um, they claim that they are the highest intelligence in the universe and that in the past when, uh, you know, people have uh, thought of them as gods or when people pray to God or when miracles happen or things like this that a lot of times it's them well what the hell do they have to do with Bigfoot well they have a symbiotic relationship with Bigfoot according to this source and other sources and uh, there's other evidence that uh, supports that uh, and uh, I asked them you know about the Bigfoot at, at uh, Werewolf Springs and if there were any of them out there. <clears throat> they said, yeah. And I said, well, how many of your type beings are, are out there? Uh, and they said, well, between 10, 10 and 10,000. I said, what do you that's mean? narrows it down. Yeah, that's, can you be more general? Uh, uh, and, and they said, well, 10 of them can be like 10,000. Ten of them can split into ten thousand. Ten thousand of them can can uh, turn into one, 
and that they can basically share the same space and they do that sometimes when they travel long long distances but generally you know uh, yeah and it, I thought yeah that's 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 weird and they call it, and I asked them well what do you what do you call and they said they're called currens how said, do you spell that do you know and I asked them my first question how do you spell that and they said you know k u r a n just like quran like the like the uh, muslim bible the quran except um, to spell with a q i think Right, with a, I said Q, Q-U-R-A-N. Oh, I thought you said K, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, they said Q-U-R-A-N. Okay. And uh, I thought, wow, that's, uh, well, where did, I'm not, well, where did that name came from? Who came up with that name for you? And my friend, who was the cooperative receptor, is not a biblically knowledgeable person, whatever. But yet she told me, I can't hardly make out the name they're saying. It sounds like Seesaw. Esau? Is Seesaw? You know, I'm like, Esau? And they're like, yeah, it's Esau. Esau. Well, Esau is a possible Bigfoot person. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nephilim in the Old Testament, you know, could be the source of uh, the giants, which right. could be the source of Bigfoot. So, okay. and that's just a theory. I mean, but... W- Either way, the phenomena is real. There's a, um, so I asked more questions of these pink UFO beings um, as time went on, and I tried to trick them and you know ask them how can I make money and things <laughs> like that. Yeah. And they actually gave me an answer to that question. They they actually told me about certain kind of rocks that could be used to produce to produce tremendous sources of energy, and they're, they're pink rocks actually. Huh. Um, and uh, these ha- the, we know about these kind of rocks, but we, di- we don't know how to actually extract the energy from them yet. But uh, so I asked them, you know, I, I asked them off the wall things. I, I was really rude in a way because I, I, I was questioning them. I, I asked them obscure biblical questions that, you know, they did answer them uh, correctly. And uh, we had a friend whose boyfriend had left her for another woman, a Hispanic lady, right? So she didn't know where he was staying with this lady, and she was trying to figure that out. So I said, well, ask the Currens if they know, because my friend was talking on the phone to her friend, and I said, well, just ask them, you know, see what they say. Yeah. And so that what they said was that they were in an apartment complex behind the factory mall in Franklin. And they also gave us another location and said they're at this other location over here behind the hospital sometimes, right? So we told our friend about that location. We didn't know there were apartments behind the factory. And it's it's all Hispanic, pretty much uh, lives there. Mm. And so our friend goes over and uh, finds the man, uh, she sees his truck, and then she waits, and she sees him come out with the, the lady friend, and they get into the truck, and so she follows him, and guess where they go? They that go other over apartment. to the secondary yeah. location that's over uh, behind the hospital, and so I, I just thought, well, that's pretty, you know, of course, demons or anybody could be telling me this. It could no, be true. some, yeah. you know, so I question the source, but at the same time, I don't question that that was accurate information. So these 
Korans, mm-hmm. what are they? What are they doing here? Korans. Korans. Excuse me. Yeah. These Korans. What are they doing here with us? More specifically, Bigfoot. What are, did did they give you any indication as well, what's going on? Bigfoot is more or less like their eyes and ears on the ground, and they the Bigfoot do things for them, uh, and in return. They they help the Bigfoot somehow, and I, you know, I've, I've heard stories, but you know, they this particular source didn't tell me this uh, that uh, that they go into another dimension at times, and that certain aliens help them go into this other dimension where they can either find uh, where it's warmer or they can find food. So are the Bigfoots, are they part of these currents? I mean, did, did the currents no. take them and put them here? Did they bring them from somewhere else and put no, them here, they, or were they always here? Right, yeah, I asked them all these questions. They, they said that a different um, group of uh, not-so-nice ETs brought those Bigfoot here in the past. Uh, So, what we're seeing today are the ancestors, are the descendants of those that were here, that were right. brought here in the past. Did they tell you why they brought them here? Well, and, and no. I mean, the the uh, uh, Old Testament uh, says that these sons of God came down from heaven, which meant the sky, the literal right. word for sky, um, and they. These these uh, beings were described as spirit beings. They weren't physical beings at all. And some people believe that the Bigfoot are, you know, can become physical. <clears throat> if you've seen the movie Noah, those beings are portrayed in, no, that, in that movie. I've heard that, but I haven't seen the movie. And uh, they don't ref- portray them. Of course, biblically, if you look at it, it's it's more of a giant hairy creatures than it is in the in the movie Noah they portray them as giant uh, creatures made out of stone but the, the 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 theory is that these spirit beings came down and they became trapped in matter they became okay. uh, enmeshed in matter in other words it's not evolution that was devolution Michael Cremo's term in other words they actually had to devolve they lowered themselves when they became trapped in matter. But who knows? I don't know. Well, when was the last time you had any contact with the current? Um, it's been about a month ago that I got the uh, cooperative receptor to uh, make contact. Because the cooperative receptor really doesn't like to do it. Because when she does it, it drains her uh, physically. And, and so she doesn't really like to do it. So. What's their latest message? Uh, well, some of the stuff that I was asking them about, I mean, they, they, they told me that they can control humans totally. They can make mm, humans do like anything that. they want them to do. Mm, not liking that. And that they also, and these don't seem like godlike motives, yeah. but they, they also said that they, uh, they take humans out sometimes. And they 
kill you off or get or have you or you they make one human kill another one and 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 the one being killed is not necessarily a bad person what it could be a good person a, a person you know it could be like a martin luther king type person then why do uh, it what the hell well it's too you know supposedly and i thought this was a stretch myself but supposedly it's to uh you know set an example for others or draw attention to the message that that person's trying to you know the, you know it, it just brings light to an issue you know of course if you're god and you're beyond life and death it's not really a, that big of a deal if you yeah. die and, you know go into another plane and you can live on just seems kind of a odd way of bringing attention to something yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know, but that's 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 what they said. Okay. I'm probably not wording it as well as as uh, when it first came out, but uh, mm. in, in essence, that's that's basically they can they can kill people at will, you know, and you know these may be the Anunnaki, you know, because the Anunnaki are uh, supposed to be these spirit-like beings. And if you've seen the movie The Fourth Kind, yes, there's a weird. It's definitely some weird examples yeah. of that. And, and you know, previously, uh, I thought you know there was no relationship between UFOs and demons, and aliens and demons. Those are separate, separate phenomena. issues. Yeah. There's different phenomena. I've experienced all of the above. But um, when I saw that movie, I, 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 I thought, well, yeah, maybe there could be because you're, you're seeing this spirit being basically take control of a, a human's physical body and float them up off the bed and do things like you would expect to see in the exorcist. Hmm. That's very interesting and uh, scary stuff. Need I say scary stuff? There, <laughs> The thing that there's this intergalactic group of super intelligent well, super beings that can just, you know, control us just for the hell of it, just yeah. to have some fun. And they claim to be our gods, you know. Did they create us? Um, have you asked that's that a question? Good question? No, I don't think I've asked that question. You should have asked that question. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've asked that one. And can you can you also ask them if they can give me a harem? Because that would a be harem. Sick. Yes, I would. Yeah. Re- I would appreciate that from them. Wait, wait, I'm wait not. A minute. I think they're coming through right now. They said, <laughs> they said yes, you can have a harem, but you must become Muslim. Uh, and then oh, damn at it! Death, you will get damn so it. many no, virgins. No, 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 or... no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like you know, right, right here. I'm not oh. asking for. I'm not asking for money. You know, oh, I'm not. Harem. I'm not asking for miracles here. I just want a harem. Just okay. three or four. You know, just a small or harem. Yeah. No, just a small. I don't. I, you know, three or four. I would be, maybe be enough. Mm. Yeah, just a small one. See what you can do about it. Well, I never questioned your sanity before, <laughs> but uh, I'm beginning to wonder oh, at, well. at this point because uh, okay. I know even one female is uh, a handful. Yeah, what was I thinking? You're right. Maybe I need, I need to rethink this. Yeah. Maybe I should ask for money instead. <laughs> yeah. It'd be that, safer. That would be much safer. <laughs> well, everybody, this is my special guest, Mr. Tony Pratt. We've been talking about his theories behind the UFO Bigfoot connection. So very interesting and uh, revealing stuff. I think um, 
I've never heard anyone um, talk about the Currens before, if I'm saying it right. I feel yeah. like I'm saying it wrong. Okay. I've never heard anyone talk about the Currens before, and I've, I've heard for years theories that Sasquatch was some sort of uh, maybe pet that escaped from a, a UFO or alien race that came to see us, or maybe a transplant, or maybe a, a descendants of some beings that actually crashed here in the past and was stranded. Um, creepy clock time. That is the creepy clock, isn't it? Oh my God. You shouldn't um, refer to them as pets just because you're <laughs> follically challenged. You know? Yeah. Yes. Uh, They're highly intelligent, just like Chewbacca. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've heard all kind of theories relating to the Bigfoot and the UFO, but this is the first time that I've ever heard anything that has to do with actually someone saying, hey, these this is the group of beings that have... That's going on forever. They have placed them here. So um, I'm going to say this is a world exclusive. Yeah. world Right here, world exclusive. Right, nobody else is this crazy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to get in touch with Tony and uh, maybe ask him some more questions about his theories or maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, postulate some of your own, prattony at gmail.com. And that's P-R-A-T-T-T-O-N-Y. There's no, it's all lowercase, all together, no hyphen, spaces, underscore, nothing like that. Tony at gmail.com. Uh, Tony, what's, uh, besides this going on with the, with the currents, what's the, what's the latest? What you got cooking these days? Well, I edited a book on the JFK assassination called the JFK Assassination Report. 13 Shots by Leroy Blevins Sr. Nice. And so I've been uh, working on that project since January, and the book came out in um, June, and the book's doing very well. Where can, where can, tell us a little bit uh, about this book, and uh, where can we find it? Yeah, you can find it on Amazon.com, Amazon Books, as well as Kindle Books. Um it's a really beautiful book. It's uh, 353 pages, over 300 full-color illustrations. It walks you through all of 13 shots taken by four different gunmen. Now, the book doesn't try to uh, prove who is behind the assassination, per se, although uh, we do provide uh, supporting evidence as to what the possible identity, the different possibilities of who the gunman might be, but we basically show you the gunman, the different locations, and as a matter of fact, since the book came out, Leroy has found a fifth gunman on the second floor uh, window of the uh, um, records building. So there are four gunmen, one, one of the, uh, two of the gunmen, one of them is uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, and uh, Leroy has uncovered evidence, photographic evidence, of the fingerprints from the FBI photos. Uh, the, the fingerprints appeared on there later because they might have been wiped off, but still the oil, after a period of time, uh, the, the, 
the fingerprints will reappear. And so uh, he's found those, and those do match Lee Harvey Oswald's fingerprints, uh, thumbprint, right thumbprint on the uh, bullet casings that were found in the Texas School Book Depository sniper's nest uh, used by Oswald. Although we don't actually see Oswald firing out the window, although uh, people did report seeing uh, a gun uh, out of the window, there are two gunmen at the Grassy Knoll uh, inside shelter number three. There's four shelters and uh, in the pergola area, um, peristyle area there. Uh, it's just basically, you know, a concrete structure uh, that's open. And one of the gunmen is firing from the left open side of the sh uh, shelter, and the other gunman is firing through a window. And it's a window that's about approximately eight, eight and a half feet up. Yeah. So he has to be standing on something or someone. He could be standing on the back of one of the other people involved, which uh, Leroy postulates in the book that it's uh, what have been uh, characterized as the three tramps. Three these tramps. three tramps were photographed by uh, three different uh, news organizations in Dallas right after, and they were arrested and taken to the police the, uh, headquarters, but released uh, right after Oswald was uh, found. And they were allowed to go out the back door. No photographs normally since the early 1900s all people who are arrested are photographed and fingerprinted. Yeah. There are no fingerprints or photographs of the three tramps. Hmm. And different identities have been, you know, linked to them or whatever. And it, so that's explored. And then the other gunman is on the top, on the rooftop of the records building, and his image appears in between the sprocket holes of every frame of the Zapruder film. So you see this gunman actually coming down, lowering and extending and firing what seems like firing a weapon. So. Interesting stuff. Yeah. And I'm, uh, as, as you've been talking, I've been thumbing through the book here. This is a rather large book. What's the, what's the size, like the dimensions? It's 8.5 by 11. Yeah, so it, you don't see uh, many books that are this size anymore these days. And it's, it is it's. 350, just a little over 350 pages, and on just about every page there is some sort of photograph of something on just about every page in this. Um, I've never seen, now granted, um, I have never um, read a book about the JFK assassination. I've thumbed through several, um, but I have never seen one that had um, the the photographs that this contains. There's uh, I'm looking at here on page 102 at uh, what five still images from the Zapruder film, frames 71 through 75. Um, it shows a person with an object in their hand that appears to be a rifle. Now. Just if you just look at this, and you don't you don't read 
down below it, you just look at it. It's like, what the hell am I looking at here? Right. Uh, you can see it a lot better when you watch the actual footage. Yeah. You can see the movement. It looks like a humanoid figure moving. Now, now there are um, links here in the book that you can follow to uh, look at these images right, for yourself. Images. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would say this book has more information in it than any other JFK book as far as what took place that day. The actual photographic oh. evidence that you can see with your own eyes. We didn't try to theorize or conjecture as far as you know what happened. We just show you what happened. Here's a here's a picture of a, of a photograph with a looks like a thumbprint on it. That's very interesting. I don't think it has anything to do with anything, but it's just interesting that there's a thumbprint on it. Right, it just had the person uh, put a thumbprint on there. That's Mary Mormon's photograph. That's a famous photograph. It actually shows the Shelter 3 gunman uh, in the background. This is very interesting stuff, Tony. Uh, I've never seen a book about uh, the JFK assassination that had this many... Oh, there's some very graphic photo autopsy photos of the president in here as well. I've never seen a book about JFK that had... Uh, or the assassination that had this many photographs, still frames, pictures of, of driver's licenses, uh, reports, pictures of clothing, uh, diagrams. Uh, this is... Uh, right, it's got the timelines for every yeah, shot taken. Yeah, this is painstakingly yeah. Um, researched here oh, for absolutely. this. absolutely. It for took this nine thing. years of research for Leroy to do all this, and <clears throat> the evidence is just amazing. Uh, if nothing else, you know, it absolutely proves that there was a conspiracy. There's more than one gunman. There's more than three shots. You know, there's 13 shots. It could be more. Now, he uh, doesn't, I think you said this, but he doesn't go into why there's a conspiracy. He's just saying that this book is, is just saying that, hey, look, there was more than one gunman. Here's the evidence. But right, he's not going into conspiracy issues here with this, is he? Well, these gunmen identities have varied. The Dallas Police Department did not release the information as to the names of the three tramps until 1989. Okay? 1963 was the assassination. Yeah. So they wait till 1989 to release the so-called identities of the three tramps, one of whom was deceased. Right, the other two tramps twenty six years later were both uh, yeah twenty six years later the other tramps were both upstanding members of their community very successful people uh, didn't seem like anybody that would was a tramp type person at mm. all uh, but uh, they claimed in interviews that uh, when when reporters did hunt them down Harold Doyle is one of them uh, that that it was them. And that they came in on the train, and and that the police department released them out of the back of the police department when uh, you know, and that they never were arrested. They were detained, but they were never you know incarcerated. Um, now it's been speculated <clears throat> that those people are not the actual tramps, since they don't look like like them that much, and other identities. Um, uh, there's a lady out in Texas, and it's all in the book. Uh, her name is escaping me at the moment, but she's the top forensic expert as far as uh, 
forensic being a forensic artist she can do the uh, uh, drawings of what you will look like in the future yeah 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 she has identified these three gunmen as being uh, uh, one of them the one that is uh, um, inside shelter three that fired the fatal sh headshot to JFK the only shot he fired would is possibly uh, and that's this is who she identifies as Charles Harrelson um, one of the other tramps uh, and Charles Harrelson is the father of Woody Harrelson, the actor. What? Yeah. And also, Charles Harrelson was married to Oswald's sister. So he was his brother-in-law. And um, huh. when he, and he, he was a notorious mafia hitman. And uh, when he was arrested for shooting a federal judge... Uh, and when they were taking him to the building, which was by this point named after that same federal judge, mm. he seemed calm, cool, and collected. They're like, why are you so relaxed and everything, man? He said, well, why should I worry about killing a federal judge when I've already killed a president? And, you know, you could say, well, he's just talking. Yeah, he's talking his head. ass, yeah. Uh, but he actually gave a statement, a, a official testimony that in, with a lot of details that he was one of the gunmen at the at the grassy knoll. Haven't and, heard this, well. Wow. Yeah. Well, later he recanted that and said that he was high on cocaine and uh, out of his mind and you'd have to be out of your mind to claim that you killed the president. Of course, he admitted that he killed the federal judge. Later he tried to say he didn't do that either, I oh. believe. But, and Woody Harrelson did try to uh, get him out of prison, but he, he he ended up passed away in prison. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, did you know a, a, about a lot of this before you started editing? I didn't book? know that part. No, I didn't know hmm. that all that stuff. And uh, there's even a photograph where you see a younger guy. You see Oswald when he's in military training, and one of the other guys looks like it. Maybe Charles Harrison as well. Uh, so maybe that maybe that's how they met. You know, I don't know. I don't know. The details. It's hard to find out some of these things, but yeah. uh, Marvin Chauncey Holt has written books claiming that he's one of the gunmen, and he identifies the other gunman as being Charles Harrelson, one of them, and the other one <clears throat> as being um, Frenchy is his nickname, uh, but his name is uh, Charles, uh, and the last name escapes me again, but. He's a, these are all notorious characters that are associated with the CIA or mafia, right? And as a matter of fact, Marvin uh, Chauncey Holt claims that he came, rode into uh, uh, Dallas that morning with Charles Nicoletti, who is a uh, notorious mafia hitman, uh, huh. and a couple of other names that, he, that are also in the book. A uh, couple of other, other mafia guys, uh, so so there definitely seems to there could be a mafia connection, you know, but it's hard to nail it down, you know. You, you find these connections, and uh, well, if there was a conspiracy to kill our president, um, 
I don't think we're ever going to come to get to the bottom of it. It's been there's it's been too long. Way too many people have can uh, have been silenced by now or passed away of natural causes. Um, I just don't think there's ever going to be any closure to this. No, but in a way, this book offers some degree of closure because at least you see who actually did it. You see the gunman, and and it's not you know perfect. You can't see their faces perfectly, but going by the silhouettes and comparing them to the three tramps, they do seem to match. And this Marvin Chauncey Holt was a former circus performer who called himself the Great Marvini, huh. an acrobat, high wire act performer. Uh, so it's very conceivable that he could have got down on his hands and knees and let Charles Harrison or whoever, you know, step up on his back or could just jumped on his back, rode his back. You know, there's various ways he could have lifted him up so that he would be high enough up to fire out of that top window. Why, why have so many gunmen, though, just to make sure the job was going to get done? Yep, that's it. Wow. Th- these, these, there's three locations that are triangulated. That's how they do it. They always create three locations where they're shooting from. And one of them is the Texas School Book Depository building. One of them is the Records building. And the other one is the uh, shelter number three at the Grassy Knoll. Very interesting. I'll have to, I'm definitely going to have to check this book out. Once again, this is uh, called the JFK Assassination Report. 13 Shots by Leroy Blevins Sr. Edited by my good friend here, Mr. Tony Pratt. Tony, tell us again how we can find this book. Yeah, it's on Amazon Books. Just go to Amazon.com. Or if you want to get it uh, cheaper, you can get it on Kindle Books also. Very good. Tony, I have enjoyed it, man. I gotta I gotta get that I gotta did a Kindle version of that. I love my Kindle. I don't buy paper books anymore. <laughs> well it's kinda nice to have a paper book sometimes yeah, though. I, there is something that you there are certain things you can do and you can kind of reference through it quicker yeah the, the only reason i don't buy paper books anymore to god's honest truth i just don't have a place to keep them right that's why i have a kindle is so i can keep all of my books on one it's a technology amazing right and you don't have to have a kindle to view the book well this is true you, if you've true. got a computer you yep. can download download or the you kindle can, app there's an a, online uh version where you can uh view kindle books uh, what about the other book? Tell them about the other book that you wrote, but that you did um, Mystery prior to Universe? this. Yeah, yeah. Tell tell them about that. Let's let's yeah. Let's tell and about that, uh, about Sandman that. has a chapter in that book as well. My uh, chapter sticks out like a sore thumb compared to everybody else's in there. <laughs> it really is like what one of these things doesn't belong. What chapter? Mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true at all. That's not true. No, you're you're one of the family, dude. You're, Thank you, thank you. Uh, that also can be found. It's called Mystery Us Mystery Universe. Mystery Us Universe, yeah. Also be, can, can be found on Amazon. Yeah, and it's a lot cheaper. It's a small book, uh, and it doesn't have all the photographs, so it's a lot more ex- uh, inexpensive. Well, Tony, I have really enjoyed having you here as a guest on the show. It's about time to uh, take a quick break. Before we do that, tell everybody once again how they can get in touch with you and how they can watch your show. Yeah, you can watch the shows at YouTube mystery us channel that's mystery m-y-s-t-e-r-y us u-s two words two separate words mystery us it's just kind of a play on words yeah. about the mysterious 
And um, or you, you can contact me personally, uh, prattony at gmail.com. And if you're interested in uh, participating in a Bigfoot hike or anything like that, when when things like that come up, I will I will let you know. Cool. I definitely am hoping one day I can get in on one of those with you, Tony. Uh, it's been great to have you as a guest. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things I started doing is I, at the end of, of every show, because I do this thing called I call the Paranormal Review, where I take a TV show, mm-hmm. a paranormal-themed TV show, and I do a little review of it. I think right. I'm going to do Finding Bigfoot. Would you like to stick around? And I want to hear what your opinion is on the Finding Bigfoot show. Would you like to stick around for after the break? Sure. All right. We'll be right back, and Tony and I will come, come back and uh, do the Paranormal Review for Finding Bigfoot. Listen to this, and we'll be back.
You are listening to Para-Reality Radio, the award-winning radio program that explores ghosts, UFOs, cryptozoology, and strange phenomena of all kinds. Broadcast on the first Monday of every month from Nashville, Tennessee, join your host, Sandman, on a quest to discover the hidden mysteries that surround us all. Listen to current and past shows at parareality.com. Call the studio at 615-692-1170. Email the show at sandman at parareality.com. Turn on. Tune in. Find out. Hello, everybody. This is Sandman. I want to thank you for listening to Parareality Radio, and I'd like to invite you to check out my side project. It's called Set It Off. It's a half-hour-long show where I vent my frustrations about anything from politics, religion, pop culture, and celebrities, to rude people, stupid people, or that guy who drives too slow in the fast lane. It can be just about anything that, well, sets me off. It can only be heard on Spreaker and on Facebook. Just go to Spreaker.com and search for Set It Off. Or listen to it on my Facebook page, which is Sandman.Parareality. There's no set schedule for the show because it's completely random. So check for new episodes often. Remember, it's called Set It Off, and you never know what I'm going to say next. It's time for the Paranormal Review. <laughs> All right, we are back, and we're going to wind down the show with the Paranormal Review. And I picked this one special because of my special guest. Tony Pratt. We're going to be talking about finding Bigfoot on the animal planet. Now, Tony, have you seen this show? Yes. I want to get your what's what's your opinion of finding Bigfoot? I think it's a good show. I mean, I, I think it's 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 decent. Uh, Matt Moneymaker, maybe not the best name for huh. a, a yeah. honest researcher, uh, has you know been involved in uh, Bigfoot research for years and and and. I think what the, the, the approaches that they use are somewhat legitimate. Sometimes they're just throwing off-the-wall stuff out there. Yeah. I think they have came up with some thermographic images of uh, Bigfoot. Uh, they haven't, you know, conclusively came up with any footage or anything. They found, you know, the footprints, the dung, the, the usual stuff. The, they, they're, they're, they are, you know, uh, representing the normal way that you approach uh, Bigfoot. Now... That other show that they had, um, that Dean Kane was the million the, dollar Bigfoot bounty or whatever the hell it was, ten yeah. million dollar. Yeah, yeah, that bounty. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 even though I liked their methodology that they were using scientific methodology, uh, and I felt in that case uh, they were biased against the phenomena because they didn't know anything about it. Mm. You know, they're just 
using different scientific methods, which, yeah. you know, try anything, see what works, because nobody else has figured it out, so huh. that's fine. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, I, I'd, I'd have to say finding Bigfoot's it's fine. A lot of people don't like it or make fun of it. I don't, you know, I think sometimes the girl on there that's a skeptic. Renee. Renee. Yeah. Uh, that can be a block. You know, yeah. having a skeptic along is not the greatest idea. I understand that you want to prove that you're honest and that you're, that you're looking at both sides of the issue, but that's not necessarily going to help you find Bigfoot. Well, this show stars uh, BFRO, Bigfoot Field Research Organization founder, Matt Moneymaker. Uh, he's, I guess, the, I don't know, the he's the ringleader. Mm-hmm. And you've got James Bobo Fay, who is the the weird guy. Well, I wouldn't say he's the weird guy, but he's the, uh, what do they call him, the, the expert caller or whatever. He's the he's the popular guy. He's the goofball that everyone loves. And you got uh, Cliff Barackman, who is the uh, the teacher. He's the scientific mind. Who he's he's what I he's the one that's the my favorite character. He's also the the oddball, but he is very methodical with his scientific approach. I really like that. Then of course you have Renee Holland, who is the skeptic. Which I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think it's good to have uh, one person who's skeptic. She she's skeptical, but yet she wants to believe. That's what that's what. If you just had someone who was there who would like, I don't believe shit. Then that that is a that is not a good thing. But she really does want to believe. It's just that she wants extremely hard evidence before she before she will believe. But I I will disagree with you. I think I think having someone like Renee is a, a good thing for the show. Well, I've taken pick a couple of people um, where we've done some Bigfoot uh, hikes, for yeah. lack of a better term, and uh, you know, when they're extremely negative or, you know, they absolutely block the phenomena. I mean, it just, yeah. it's like night and day. I mean, I, I went there ten times, and only once did I fail to make some kind of contact, and that was when I had someone negative. When you had like someone negative. Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't even have to be a skeptic if they're just a, if they're just a negative person in general. Yeah. Well, what do you think about them? Uh, you know, going out in the middle of the night and making all these yells and whoops and all this stuff. You, well, that's if you want to hear something whoop back, you know. But that's kind of a, a cheap thrill, you know. I mean, I, 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 they seem to have pretty good funding on there. I'd like to see yeah. them use some drones and things to try to uh, locate. Uh, I think they've tried that once or twice with no real, no no real luck. Um, My whole thing with with people going out and making all the the howls and whoops and calls and all this other sorts of stuff is that, okay, so you think Bigfoot makes this noise, so you're going to make this noise back. What the hell are you saying? How do you know what the hell you're saying? You could be saying something like, you know, F you Bigfoot, you know, or maybe some sort of, you know, warning sign to get the heck out of here or something like that. How do you know what you're saying? Because I don't think it's a language in that sense. I think I think you're just you're just making a call. You're just, uh, you know, calling out and you're looking for acknowledgement. There's not. It's, I don't. I don't consider that a language. It's a whoop to them, just like it's a whoop to you. The one. The one. Okay downside of the Finding Bigfoot show that I don't like about it as much is they don't really go into the paranormal aspects, which I understand why, but eventually they should. They should, they should do a show or two or more 
on the paranormal aspect because they're not really getting anywhere the other way. I, I think if they went that route, I think you're getting them out of their their comfort zone because I don't think any of them has any real experience and or knowledge of the paranormal aspect of it. But I, I see what you're saying. You know, it, one episode, let's just take one episode and look at it from that point of view. I think it would be interesting. Right. And, I mean, they're, they're trying. I mean, and that Matt Moneymaker, you know, wants it to be a physical creature right. to be discovered. Right. Uh, you know, that's projecting. You know, you, you have to be open to all possibilities, and you might uh, find out more. And I think probably some of them probably have had some experiences. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to throw it out there on the show because yeah. they are worried of it. I guess they've got Ratings. enough public ridicule as it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've actually been in contact with uh, Cliff Barackman, and uh, I don't. I'm, let me caveat this by saying I don't know him personally, nor have I ever met him face to face. We have exchanged several emails. Hmm. Uh, seems like a very nice, down to earth guy. Yeah. Um, um, I I would love to have him as a guest on the show. Uh, very busy. These people are very busy since this thing has taken off. I really thought, I watched the first season, and I was like, well, this shit won't be back. You know, uh, apparently I was wrong. Uh, it's very popular, um, and it has gotten a, a better as as it has gone on. So I have to say, uh, it's their, their scientific method, not so much scientific. Uh, Cliff and Renee kind of bring a little bit of aspect of that to it. Um, I like the fact that they have someone that is an open-minded skeptic on there in the role of Renee. Um, but as far as are these people legitimately out there trying to, to find something, trying to prove that it exists, yes. I don't think that there's a lot of sensationalism that's done on this show to try to sway the evidence in a positive light. Because um, 99.9% of the time, they come away with absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, um, and I just, I, I really will have to say that, that to me, just that aspect of it alone right there kind of legitimizes their efforts. So as far as, I, <clears throat> dang, lost my voice, excuse me. As far as I'm concerned, on my five-star rating system, I'd have to give this, I'd have to give this show three out of five, only because I don't do halves. If I did halves, I would say 2.5 out of 5, but I'm going to give it a 3 because I don't do half stars. I'd give it a 4 out of 5. you give it a 4 out of 5? Yeah. All right. Yeah, overall, and like you said, a lot of times they don't find anything. If they don't find anything, they yep. don't try to fake it. They don't that's right. It, you know, they just go on. That, that's that's yep. how it works. You know? Go to the next one. You yep. can't find Bigfoot every day. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> every time you go in the woods, you can't expect, you know, although, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm just lucky or, or, or what, but, you know, practically every time I try, I do find some evidence or make some kind of contact. All right, so that's our review of Finding Bigfoot on the Animal Planet. Tony, it's always a pleasure to have you here, man. I'd love to have you back on the show sometime. Thanks, Sam, man, anytime. All right, Tony Pratt, everybody, if you have uh, a question for him, you want to talk a little bit more to him about the, the currents, currents. <laughs> Currents, yeah. Currents. If if you want to talk to Tony about the currents, 
or uh, maybe you want to throw some uh, about some ideas back and forth to him. Pratt Tony, that's P R A T T T O N Y, Pratt Tony at gmail.com. Check out his uh, television show. Uh, you can do it on the YouTube channel, Mystery Us. That's Mystery, separate word, us. A little play on words there on YouTube. If you're local in the Nashville area, you can see it on Cable Channel 19 on. Uh, uh, what when, what was it? Saturday, Fridays, Saturdays that it comes it's on. It's on five times a week. All right, we'll just check the schedule out on the show. Does yeah. it always come on at a regular time? Or yeah, it has a regular time that it comes on. Um, two of them are late night times on the weekend, but it comes on Fridays at. Uh, well, let me start with Monday, I guess. Monday at eight p.m. Um, Thursday at nine. PM and Friday at six thirty PM. Well, there Those you are go. Regular time. Those and are the regular times. A couple of late night weekend times, and I'm not sure exactly. It's like one thirty in the morning or something. And new episodes soon to be aired with that. And also make sure you check out the book that Tony edited, JFK Assassination Report: Thirteen Shots by Leroy Blevins, Senior, edited by Mister Tony Pratt. They're on. Amazon.com, available hardback, no, paperback, excuse me, and uh, Kindle. So, Tony, once again, shake my hand again, buddy. Love to have you on the show. Always have a great phone, Mr. Tony Pratt. Everybody, that's been Parareality Radio. We'll talk to you a little bit later on. Well, everybody, I hope that you enjoyed tonight's show. Let me know what you thought about it by sending me an email. That's sandman at parareality.com. That's my email address, sandman at parareality.com or you can always call and leave a message on the studio line 615-692-1170 that number to call again is 615-692-1170 also please remember to visit parareality.com that's where you can find out all kinds of information about the show you can listen to current and past episodes on parareality.com and if you click on the extras tab you can join the official Parareality Radio Forum. It's free to join. You can shop in the official Parareality Radio store and even watch some show videos and other stuff. Just remember, if you do decide that you shop in the store, you have some of the stuff you'd like to buy, some Parareality gear. Just remember, I'm not making any money off that. Anything that I make off of my store goes right back into producing this show right here. So please help me keep Parareality Radio up and going and visit the store. That's parareality.com. Click on the Extras tab, and you can shop in the store. Also, don't forget to look me up on Facebook. That's sandman.parareality there on Facebook. You can hear the show there as well, and you can also find out more about what's going on in the world of parareality as a whole. Everybody, my next show is going to be available on Monday, October the 6th, 2014. I'm going to have a very special guest. I'm going to be interviewing a man by the name of Isaac Weishaupt. He is the author of A Grand Unified Conspiracy Theory, The Illuminati, Ancient Aliens, and Pop Culture. I've read the book. It's a very interesting read. Uh, Isaac also runs the website IlluminatiWatcher.com, um, and he is going to be discussing his book, and he's going to tie in 
pop culture, ancient aliens, and the Illuminati is going to tie all this in into, well, one grand unified conspiracy theory. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. That's Monday, October the 6th, 2014. I hope everyone had a wonderful Labor Day, grilling out with family and friends or whatever it was that you did this Labor Day and whatever's left of it after you've listened to this episode of Parareality Radio. I hope that you uh, continue to have a great Labor Day on this Monday, September the 1st. You know, uh, come to think about it, I think maybe uh, the first of the show, I think maybe I said it was uh, Monday, September the 4th. Pretty sure I said that. I don't know why I would get my dates confused like that because it's obviously not Monday September the 4th. It is Monday, September the 1st, Labor Day. I have to play the show back here in a minute and uh, and listen to it. Knowing, knowing me, I uh, probably did give the wrong date. But anyway, regardless, doesn't matter. Everybody, as always, I hope this radio program opens your mind up to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening, great what's left of your Labor Day, and I'll see you again next month. That's Monday, October the 6th, 2014, for the next episode of Parareality Radio. Good night, everybody. First things first, I'm the realest. realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. right. You should want a bad bitch like this. Huh? Drop it low and pick it up just like this. Yeah. Cup of Ace, cup of Goose, cup of Chris. I heal something worth a half a ticket on my wrist. Back. On my wrist. Taking all the liquor straight. Never chase that. Never stop like we bring an 88 back. What? Bring the hook scene where the bass at. Champagne spilling, you should taste that. Look at it, I bet you wishing you could clutch that. That's just the way you like it, huh?
ain't so good, he just wishing he could bite it. Never turn down nothing, slain these hoes, go trigger on a gun like Do that, do that, ah ah, Gigi Wap. Who that, who that, ah ah, Gigi Wap.